This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Welcome to Happy Class. This is a special bonus series of the Live Free Creative podcast, where I, Miranda Anderson, give you a little bit of an inside scoop into my Master of Applied Positive Psychology program at UPenn. I am going to spend the 2022-2023 school year diving deep into the science of well-being, answering the question, what makes life worth living? And I'm excited to share little bits and pieces along the way with you. So whether you're interested in what's it like being in graduate school as an almost 40-year-old, or if you, like me, are interested in living a little bit better life, I hope that you'll enjoy these quick, thoughtful insights as to the things that I'm learning and what I think about them. Hop into my backpack. Let's head on in to happy class. Welcome back to Happy Class. This is week four, and I'm going to sound a little bit like a broken record that I have vastly underestimated the amount of work and time required for this program. I'm learning, though I'm catching up. My life feels a little bit like a track of dominoes right now, and it's actually not a feeling that I aspire to have. The The idea that like if one thing falls that it sort of sets off this chain reaction where everything else gets disrupted. There's not a lot of buffer or padding. Part of that is just the nature of adding a 25-35 hour a week commitment on top of an already full life without really taking a whole lot away to be honest. So I'm learning how to adjust that and how to put things down that matter to me that I can pick up again later if I want to, rather than just keeping it all in arms at the same time. The other thing that happened this week that was unexpected was a an emergency medical need in my family that led to me spending about two full days in the hospital. And I won't go into detail about the specifics, but I found myself looking at my calendar, you know, needing to be there to attend and to be supportive and also looking at my calendar and wondering how I was going to accomplish the things that I had allocated for those days, even though now things had been disrupted. I luckily was able to figure out some of the logistics at home by 
asking for help from some close friends. And I went ahead and reached out to my professors. I had a paper that was due on Thursday, and I was in the hospital all day Tuesday and Wednesday. And I, while I was working on it, I also didn't have the emotional capacity or the brain space to you know, really thoroughly engage in a research paper while I had some some emotional worry and sort of the fatigue of of being in an emergency medical situation. And so I reached out to my professor and asked for an extension on my paper. And the funny thing about this whole scenario is that I remember when they were going through the syllabi in each of the classes, there were these caveats for if you need an extension, here is the protocol for how we expect you to ask for it. You know, we're not going to give you an extension on a paper if you ask the day after it's due. Like, ask ahead of time if you can see that there's something coming up that's going to prevent you from working, you know, working on time, then reach out. And the whole time that those explanations were going on, I had this internal dialogue of, oh, that's interesting. I would never need to use that. Or, I'm glad that they are prepared for situations like that should one arise, but I don't foresee anything like that happening in my life. And here it was, the very first theory paper of the whole program, and I'm the one reaching out asking for an extension. Of course, the professor and assistant instructors were super generous and kind and said, absolutely, you know, we'll honor your extension request and please take the time that you need to be with your family and to, you know, figure out all the things that are going on. And so I was able to do that. I am currently still working on that paper. I hope to turn it in by the end of the day today, a few days behind the time. That combined with spending the weekend out of town for a trip that I had planned for months, just a short trip, but even just, you know, add a short trip to an already interrupted and emotionally fraught week things start to sort of (laughs) spill. So last week I told you about missing a birthday party and a baby shower. This week I'm telling you about my, you know, needing an extension on my paper and having my whole workflow feel sort of disrupted and like things are all falling apart a little bit. There it is, folks. Welcome to graduate school as a married mom of three with a full life and a company that I'm running on the side. I will say it's been nice. My cohort has a Slack group that we use to communicate and there are different channels for each of the four classes that we are all in right now. And seeing other people ask questions similar to ones that I have wondered about or being confused about something going on with a given reading or even things like references or deadlines or how long did it take you to do our statistics assignment because I'm just starting it right now and you know it's due in four hours, I hope I have enough time. That has felt really connective to know that I'm not alone. I'm not the only one. I'm probably one of the entire cohort of 55 who feels slightly in over my head, especially as we're just getting started. And I'm sure that things related to the logistics of assignments and the timing and even just getting into the rhythm of writing academic papers is going to start to come more easily with familiarity and with the energy and effort and time that we put into this process. It's just still new. We're only four weeks in with 48 more to go. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. 
Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to, from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. I want to share an interesting idea with you today that came up in my research class. So I have a research methods class, which is where the statistics assignment came in. In fact, I spent probably a good hour calculating standard deviation of a set of data points a few days ago. That was fun. This research methods and evaluation class had a writing assignment that we've been working on that compares an academic journal article written by the professor of the course to a mainstream media news article that reported on the academic article. So kind of comparing, did the journalist understand the research? Was the way that this article's findings portrayed in mainstream media actually reflective of the information and the data that the article presented in the first place? So I'm just going to be entirely candid that I read the article and was like, oh, wow, I'm going to have to really focus to understand what we're talking about here. The way that academic articles are written is fairly dense. It's really descriptive in definition, and there's a lot of reference to numbers and to populations and to all of the, you know, the setting up of the actual study that it's referencing, and then an explanation. I, I kind of have the sense that I need to like skim, 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 and then skip to the conclusion. That tendency is exactly why this class is a requirement, because it's important as a, an educator, as a clinician, as a research researcher, as a scientist, as a psychologist, even a positive psychologist, to understand what the research is saying. And we're learning how to do that through the process of this research methods and evaluation course. So I read the journal article, and I want to give you kind of an overview of what it said, because it's really interesting once you kind of get there. (laughs) And then I'll share a little bit of how it was portrayed in the media, which I thought actually was great. But here we go. The article is titled, Parents Think Incorrectly That Teaching Their Children That the World is a Bad Place is Likely Best for Them. The article references something called primals or primal world beliefs, which are beliefs about the world's basic character. An example would be, the world is dangerous or the world is beautiful. And the article investigates whether or not having a negative primal, for example, the world is a dangerous place, contributes to a positive outcome, for example, maintaining your safety. So that correlation would be, if you believe the world is dangerous, then you stay more safe. This is an assumption, and this is kind of gets to the heart of what the researchers were trying to understand. In the first study that they include in this particular paper, they interview 
185 parents, and 53 of them preferred dangerous world beliefs for their children. This is to say on the surveys that they filled out, they 53% of the parents interviewed believed that having negative views of the world would maintain positive outcomes for their children. The actual phrasing used in the study for these parents was something like, I help my kids when I teach them that, on the whole, the world is a safe place. Or I help my kids when I teach them that, on the whole, the world is progressing. I help my kids when I teach them that, on the whole, the world is harmless. You can see how this is associating different types of beliefs about the world with the idea that teaching those things to your kids benefits them. It will help them. The next study that they did was to search for evidence consistent with those ideas among a greater sample size. So they had 4,500, over 4,500 participate in the second survey. And these were adults, professionals, students, immigrants. And what they saw in this second evaluation was that having negative primal world beliefs were almost never associated with better outcomes. In the abstract, it says, you know, because I skipped straight to the abstract, it said, instead, they predicted less success, less job and life satisfaction, worse health, dramatically less flourishing, more negative emotion, more depression, and increased suicide attempts. So there's a paradox here where parents, some parents, or at least in this small sample size of parents, more than half of them believed that it was beneficial to teach negative world beliefs to their children. And when interviewing adults, it was almost never the case that having negative world beliefs was better for them or had better outcomes. According to the authors, negative world beliefs almost always were associated with negative outcomes. As a final kind of sweeping suggestion, the authors say that parents may consider pausing any well-meaning efforts to teach negative primal world beliefs to children. I want to take a second here and just plug this ongoing primals project. The myprimals.com website is a home base for ongoing research on primal world beliefs. And my one of my professors is kind of, he, he is the guy behind this whole thing. You can go on and for free, take a 99-question survey to discover what your primal world view is. It will ask you a bunch of questions. It's just, you know, a, a general survey asking some of those similar ideas about, on the whole, I believe the world to be blank or blank. And then it will send you your results so you can get an idea of what your primal world believes might be. So going from the deep, long intricate research paper into a modern media article referencing the research, it was interesting to see how many specifics were left behind and then how many, how broadly the ideas mentioned in the research article were explained. The article talks about how most of us probably assume that teaching our children that the world can be dangerous or scary or that we need to, you know, be vigilant at all times. We believe those things to encourage safety and uh, awareness. And instead, what we're doing is maybe instilling some negative primal world beliefs that then go on to negatively impact children. 
the author talks about the moderation approach as not being particularly helpful, that the study found seeing the world as very positive was associated with more positive outcomes than seeing the world as moderately positive. The article goes on to say, mindset is everything and a positive mindset will always be better than a negative one. Which is kind of a huge generalization that I wouldn't say directly (laughs) correlates to what the research article itself showed. Something that I mentioned a couple weeks ago that comes to mind here is that one of my professors said at the beginning of the program, answers only matter in that they lead us to deeper questions. And that's kind of what this reminds me of. The research article leaves open-ended. Now we know a little bit more from this particular set of people about the way that teaching our children that the world is inherently negative doesn't actually help them as they grow into adulthood. In fact, those negative beliefs about the world may negatively impact them as they get older. And then the researchers suggest all different types of ways that this could be explored further, that more interesting questions could be asked about worldview and its impact on well-being. It feels important to remain open to learn more over time and to be continually maybe applying things as it looks and feels good and also to not hang your hat on a final statement like positive mindset will always be better than a negative mindset in any circumstance. While this made me think pretty deeply about the way that I engage with information, whether I'm going to a source, to a specific study, to a researcher, whether I'm listening to an opinion, or whether I'm listening to an idea, part of the reason I myself am back in school right now is to be able to be as thorough and deep and broad in my understanding and application of ideas that I share in my business, on the podcast, in my retreats, through my courses and my books as possible, and not just take the top layer, easy access, and spread it as far as I can go. While I appreciate simplicity, and I think that we all you know, are getting more and more enticed by short, sweet little clips here and there. I also really find value in a depth and breadth and lineage of understanding that goes beyond one person's quick idea. So I guess I'm leaving you with two quick thoughts today. One is, what do you believe about the world? Maybe go to myprimals.com and take a survey and find out and, and take some time to reflect on whether or not you've been intentional about how teaching those ideas about the world to those who you influence, whether your children or other people in your life, will have the type of impact that you hope for. And also just to consider where you are finding information. What are you looking to and how trusted can those sources be? This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who 
matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy.